Welcome to my monthly podcast titled Becoming a Sage. My name is Jan Freed, but you can call me Dr. Jan. I interview people about wisdom, how to find meaning on a daily basis, a concept I call breadcrumb legacy. I'm passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be, particularly in the second half of life. I do this as a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, workshop facilitator. I also say I'm out to retire the word retirement. We're not retiring from life, but moving on to something else. And I believe it takes time and intentional thought to successfully move on to what's next in life. I talk more about living your best life in my latest book, Breadcrumb Legacy, How Great Leaders Live a Life Worth Remembering. If you go to my website, janfried.com, there's a 20% discount code from the publisher. It takes longer to get than Amazon, but it might be a price difference, I guess. I interviewed Pam Maxson. Dr. Pam Maxson is an executive and leadership coach, mentor coach, trainer, facilitator, and author. Her book, Finding Your Inner Bitch, How to Live an Authentic and Wholehearted Life, helps readers tap into and express who they are at their very core. In addition, she's created two related courses, Develop Your Life and Mastering Your Midlife. Pam has taught at Duke University for over 25 years, and she's the founder and principal of Periscope Coaching. I met Pam through a professional community called the Recognized Expert, known as Rex. After taking her Mastering Midlife course, I knew I wanted to interview her for Becoming a Sage to share her wisdom with my audience. For more information about Pam, please refer to the bio attached to this podcast. Now listen to our conversation about how she helps individuals tap into their superpowers in order to transform their lives. Well, welcome to the podcast, Pam. Thanks so much, Jan. I am so excited. We have so much in common. We do have you a and lot. I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew we did, but we really do have a lot in common because as you know, I'm a recovering academic um, I say recovering. I was teaching at an undergraduate college in Iowa for 30 years, loved it, and then taught a graduate course for the University of Iowa for 10 years. Um, so I still think of myself as a teacher, and I actually still, I'm getting better about this, but I still think of my life in semesters. Like I'll say to someone, well, maybe I can do that before spring break. And they're like, you're going on spring break? And I'm like, well, no, but <laughs> I, I can relate very yeah, much. Yeah, it's so. hard to get over that that calendar. Okay. After so many years. Well, I have several questions here that I want to explore with you. So you have had a, really a varied background. 20 years in research at a tier one academic medical center, 30 years teaching, and now you're executive coaching, developing courses, leading workshops. Explain your journey or how did you get here? Yeah, such a great question, Jan. Uh, you know, I look back and I can see how it all fits in, mm -hmm. right? And yet I remember distinctly the whole time having no clue what I was doing. And that kind of gives me the insight now as, that allows me to help others. So I actually, and I know that you, I have listened to many of your podcasts and oh, you have an interest in um, organizational psychology. And mm -hmm. I actually went to Penn State for a PhD in human development. And I thought immediately that I had made a mistake and I wanted to go into IO psychology. And I was too afraid to huh. ask if I could switch departments because I was afraid they would say, 
what you don't know what you're doing and I didn't want you know I had this I had to be this image, or I thought I had to have this image of knowing exactly where I was going because everybody else did Uh Um, and what I learned so I did my PhD I got to do kind of postdoc and one thing kind of began to fall into the next and what I learned through that is to take the next step and not worry about where I'm ultimately going to be because I actually ended up when I was younger I wanted to be although I didn't know what it was, an executive coach. I mean, that's actually where I wanted to be, but I didn't have a word for it. And what I discovered over each one of these decisions is that we end up where we're supposed to be. We -hmm. just don't know what that is or what it looks like. That's so interesting because when I think back on my career, I fell into teaching and then I got a PhD to stay in teaching, but I really wanted to be a corporate trainer. And so I thought, well, teaching would be a good experience to be a corporate trainer. And so it is interesting how, <laughs> how yeah. we do end up. Well, I, as I mentioned, I took your mastering midlife course and, you know, again, you know, you and I are both passionate about this whole idea of midlife because first of all, it happens sooner than you think midlife. And then secondly, it's so uncharted territory. No one's teaching us about it. Although more and more people like you and me are taking up this work. Uh, what inspired you to, to focus on this part of life? Well, I, I uh, course. yeah. Yeah. Well, as you said, I kind of focused on whatever stage of life I was in, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think I've heard you, we're going to talk about verbs probably today, but um, I heard you talk about teaching a lot mm-hmm. and I consider myself someone who loves to teach, but I, in order to teach, I always needed to learn. Mm-hmm. So I always focused on the part of my life where I was right. So parenting my, um, and then young adulthood, and now I'm in midlife. And so I was very interested in it, but even on top of that, when I created my develop your life course, um, and that was for young adults, I started to have a lot of people in midlife say to me, why don't you do this for midlife? I need a class like that. Mm-hmm. So as you said, you accidentally fell into teaching mm-hmm. mastering midlife came around sort of by accident mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, you're right. I mean, I knew that my, the material was ageless, but I hadn't thought about offering it only to midlife mm-hmm. and I've run it now six times and it is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Every time I teach it, I walk away feeling so much more enriched than when I walked in that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I think we shared this, that wisdom is caught, not taught. Yes. And when you have these people in a room together, a virtual room, mm-hmm. the magic is, is it, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Well, that's so true. And one of the things that I often say is I, I often say I like teaching, but I'm passionate about learning. Mm-hmm. So it's the learning part. And, you know, so, I mean, you and I are so, so much alike. Yeah, I think we're identical twins root apart. I, th- I think we are. I think we are. That's yeah, I was so glad to have met you. Um, well, what are the main takeaways you emphasize when you're coaching clients and the midlife, uh, mastering midlife course participants? Um, I know because I took the course, but you know, um, what are the main points that you try to stress? Because I would say that people listening to Becoming a Sage are like us and maybe even a little older in terms of you know, wanting that information. Yeah, well, I think one of the things uh, is that that the shoulds and the expectations are a fallacy mm-hmm. and that we everyone else doesn't have it together. 
And that's actually part of the magic of when you bring people together and you hear the the confusion and the path and the serendipity that has happened in our lives. People begin to realize that being human means all those things, right? It means not knowing all of the answers. Um, so I often, when people, especially in midlife, when people are in transition, whether they're expecting a transition or are going through a transition, um, sometimes that has to do with identity. Mm-hmm. Who I was may not be who I am. I'm not sure what I would be if I'm not doing X. You know, a lot of that occupation identity. But I often talk about, well, what are the things that light you up? What are the verbs that you do that you love? And so if if one thinks about teaching, for example, you talked about undergraduate and then going to graduate, and now you're teaching every day when you're doing all the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you are continuing the learning and the teaching and that the verbs we do are the things that make us who we are. And okay. that can be the thread that takes us through that I might've been, so I'll use my husband as an example. He's an arborist right now, planning to retire in a year. He will probably continue to care for trees. Mm-hmm. So it's it's how we weave these threads through our lives and it's the actions that we do that actually make us who we are. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It was really well said. And, you know, for me, the one thing that I do not miss is grading papers. Okay. And I'm with you. Even though I love to see how students are progressing and how they process whatever it is I wanted them to do or ask them to do, um, you know, it's just time consuming. And um, anyway, I don't miss that. And you know, students, and if they get upset because they didn't do so well, you know, then I, I finally, after decades, learned, no, I'm not giving grades. You That's earn right. them, okay? That's right. So, you know, I didn't give you a bad grade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't have many of those, but still, it's it's tough. Those are the ones that you kind of remember. Well, um, your book, and I have your book, but tell us about it. Um, Finding Your Inner Bitch. Now, what is the story behind this title? <laughs> Because I have to tell you, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to read that book. Okay. But totally yeah, tell it. us all about it. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I'll start actually with the title because um, I had a lot of trepidation about using that title mm-hmm. and for the reasons that you just stated. But whenever I changed the title, I couldn't write the book. The book actually got stuck. And so... The title comes about because women who have stand, stood up for themselves um, are often given that title, mm-hmm. you know, and I began to realize that you can be a boss without being bossy mm-hmm. and you can be a bitch, a woman who stands up for herself without being bitchy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the, the, my rationale, but um, I had a childhood where I silenced and made myself invisible. So I silenced myself and made myself invisible for various reasons. And so that inner bitch is that part of me inside that I kept burying, that part that knew what she wanted, but was either afraid, afraid to go to the I, the organizational psychology department and say, I think I made a mistake. She was that person who was there all along, but I wasn't allowing her voice. And I've met so many, especially women who've had that experience where they either don't know what exactly they want or they're afraid to ask for it. So one day, right before I wrote the book, I was actually writing the book 
And I went into a meeting and I, there was with two other women and they kept speaking over me and interrupting me. And I came out of that meeting and said, man, I really need to find my inner bitch. And that's when the title came about. And that's when the title, I mean, it, the book had to be named that. Yeah, I do. I do want to write a follow-up where I will change the title, but um, Jan, I spent months trying to change that title mm-hmm. and nothing else, nothing else fit for me. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to write this and then it'll be done. Well, um, and I think it's great. You know, it does get your attention. Okay. So it gets your attention. And I know that when I would write, you know, I say research papers, but you know, professional academic papers, or I always write better if I have a title. And so I, I'm glad you followed your heart. So tell us like, if you had to say, you know, like the chapters or some of the components, what does it mean to find this? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't tell you much about the book, more about the title, which was (laughs) the main thing for me. So it's really about, um, I think the, you know, the process, the excavation, the discovery, the nurturing, the release and the celebration of that inner part of you. So we, I spend some time in the beginning of the book going back, like what, who were you as a child? What were some of the messages you received? What were some of the stories that you're bringing with you? What did you love to do? Did you love swinging? Right. So kind of remembering who we were Mm -hmm. to figure out who we are now. And then, you know, what are your strengths? So it's really about finding out who you are as a person. And this is, I mean, really, this is my whole body of work. My entire career has been doing this. It kind of follows this thread. Uh Um, And then encouraging people to practice. Mm -hmm. What are some safe ways to practice using your voice, right? And being able to ask for what you want. And then self-care goes through some self-care things. And then to really celebrate, mm-hmm. right? And to realize that that glow that was inside me um, is beautiful. Yeah. And when we're able to see that everybody's path is an individual path and not that we have to follow this assembly line, um, that was really the message for me for the book is not to be afraid of who we are and to recognize that sometimes we as children and younger adults I mean, sometimes we hide ourselves when it's not necessary to do so. Mm-hmm. And that the, the real beauty of the world is when everybody can share who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I like the book because it really is like a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you said, you're kind of looking at full circle. And yesterday I, I participated on a panel of women and it's it was sponsored by uh, a business publication here a local publication and it was a virtual online event but it was a panel of women and we were talking about how to we were talking about risk taking and how to be fearless and basically the takeaway was it's not about being fearless we're all we all have fears but it's how can you one woman said it best I thought she said it's how can we be more brave than we are afraid yeah and um I liked that a lot well Pam, honestly, I, I highly recommend the book for sure. So I hope people will check it out. Finding Your Inner Bitch, that's great. Um, my passion, as you probably know, is legacy. And so um, I like to ask everybody everybody I'm interviewing, how do you define legacy? And can you share a legacy story? What's the first thing that kind of pops up in your mind? Yeah, such a great question. And I love, I love the idea of breadcrumbs. Thank right? you. Leaving Thank- a path for others to follow. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, I've loved listening to your podcast and all of the hearing all of these people's views on legacy. And I, I think that legacy is a process of, of what we leave for others, but also how we're living it. So for example, when I was thinking about what a story of legacy was, it actually, my very first thought was what happened to me in my thirties. And I know that's a very early age, but I walked into the a classroom at Duke and I had just stepped out of the workforce. I was still teaching one class a, a semester to homeschool my kids. And these young women, especially had never had, were kind of in awe that I could take such a step that I was willing to like pull out of the workforce and do something a little bit different for a while. And that's when I began to realize that showing people options, being curious about what could be possible was actually living my legacy of, you know, there's a whole world of possibility. And when we begin to listen to ourselves and think about what feels right as we're taking the next step, considering all the many different dimensions of our lives, then that is teaching people that they don't have to follow the shoulds or the expected path. Mm. And I think that's what I've been working on doing ever since is showing people that we can be creative as we create our lives. That's why, you know, I like that you brought up the multidimensionality, the whole, the holistic view is that we are developing humans Mm -hmm. um, and we can develop our life as we go along. And I think, so all that to say that I think for me, legacy is about how we live and how we learn and bring others with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, and that's why I actually, one of my favorite words is becoming, you know, mm-hmm. that's what Michelle Obama named her book, but I love it because we're always becoming, you know, it's yeah. becoming, we're not, we don't arrive, you know, um, that there is I no finish that. line according to Nike. So um, no, it's great. Well, I always like to ask my uh, guests, what else should my listeners know that I didn't ask? What else, what other words of wisdom would you like to share mm. that, that you think people need to know that is really kind of that you're passionate about? Yeah, such a great question. Um, I think that I would want people to know that acceptance of who we are you know there's there's so much there's so much pressure out there and learning to give ourselves permission to be who we are and to think about you know to go back to the title like what does that little inner bitch want um how can we stand up for ourselves how can we live the life that we want and how can we do it with um, our community Right. I mean, I know with the the Rex community and with our sisterhood, it's powerful to take this path with others. Mm -hmm. And so I would, that's what I would say is live the life you want and do it with other people. Yeah. No, I love that because uh, one of my kind of role models, mentors in this work, I think I've mentioned to you before, Richard Leiter from Minneapolis. Yeah. And he always says, don't go it alone. You don't have to go this alone, you know, and it's definitely more fun with others. So, well, that is wonderful, Pam. Thank you so much. Uh, I know I've learned a lot. You've already got me thinking here um, of what I want to do next. So this is great. Well, my focus in this series is to help people make the rest of 
life the best of life. So may the rest be the best for you, Pam. Pam, that's so beautiful. And likewise, this has already been the best.